Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. Okay, episode 11 of Real Talk. This is Danielle and Jenna. All right. So, Jenna, today's topic actually is something that you, yeah, <laughs> something that you brought up. And I'm just really connecting with it. And I've been thinking about it all week. And there's so many stories in scripture that give us example of what our topic is. You want to share just a little bit? Like what, well, what are- should I, I should probably share how <laughs> this yeah, came yeah. about. Yeah. Um, so this was earlier in this week and I was in conversation with my husband. And so this like we're real talk, right? So we're just gonna say um exactly how it went down. But um and maybe okay. they'll listen. Maybe your, your husband yeah. will tune in and, and- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and I honestly today, like, I don't even remember like what it was that we were talking about. Um, literally, I don't, I have no idea, no recollection of what we were talking about, but I just remember I got to this point and I think maybe he had apologized or something like that. And I remember it just like came up in me. He's like, I just said, I need a response. I need you to do something. I don't want you to say something. I need a response. I need action, you know? And so you're here. I don't know. Then what I said here, here. Yeah. Like, here, here. Like, yes. Like I can relate to this. And I, and it makes me think of something that happened this you know, week as well. And I, and I have peace with talking about it, but I'll, I'll wait, go ahead, go ahead. I yeah. got to hear what happened. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, I took a few minutes and made sure my flesh was settled. And then I was like getting into the word. And I just was thinking about how, yeah, like Jesus requires a response from us. And then, you know, talking more with you, you were talking about how, what Jesus's response was to certain things. And so just this word response was just, has been on my heart all week. And, um, I think I looked up what the actual definition of response is, and I'll just read it here. A reaction to something, a verbal or written answer. I've always thought of like reaction and response as being a bit different. Like when I think of reacting to something, that's like my soul and my emotions, yeah. and my flesh. And yet a response is my spirit, man, like Holy spirit in me, like what you did, you sought to settle your flesh and get in the word and not react. Cause I feel like reacting is like an emotional thing and it's so easy to react. And yet we're called to love, which is response because love is patient. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Did you find any other definitions? Well, reaction, it says an action performed or 
a feeling experienced in response to a situation or an event. And so I think what we're going to talk to today is about the different reactions or the different responses that we can have um, in different scenarios and different things. And then looking at Jesus and what did Jesus do? What was Jesus's response? What was Jesus's reaction, you know, um, when things came his way Mm -hmm. and how do I respond to Jesus? How do I react to Jesus? You know, when he is impressing something on my heart, when he moves a mountain, when he, you know, and so Mm. I think that's what we should get into. Yeah. That's so good. So I was looking in different, um, just different stories, of course. And one of the responses that we could talk about is how Jesus responded to temptation would be one, would be one area. And then the first story that came to mind was, I believe it's Matthew four, where Jesus is actually led by the spirit out into the desert where the devil tempts him. And there's actually three different responses that Jesus gives that teach us so, so much. And so the first response when Satan is seeking to tempt him, Jesus, the first one is that he responds about the word of God. Like he, he, he references the word of God. And I believe it's that right. Man does not live on bread alone, but by the very words of God. So, so there we, we get into the scriptures. We, we look into the word and not only reading it, but then speaking it out over a situation. And I know that's something you do, Jenna. And I mean, even in this example that you give, like with your husband and I had something happen, you know, this week, um, with, with family, with my husband, (laughs) you know, where I just really, um, as well needed to look into scripture to settle my flesh, to settle my soul. Um, but, but it's the word of God, right? Because the word is alive and it's active. And so we can speak the word of God into a situation, um, in, in response, right. In response to temptation. And then the second one, and, and this is where Jesus was quoting out of Deuteronomy six, um, do not test the Lord, your God, right? Like just don't test, don't test the Lord, your God. Don't test me. Like, and, and it reminds me of the scripture where, um, what is it? Flee, flee from the devil or something. And he will flee from you. Is that, is it something like that? Right. Yeah. Resist the devil and he will flee. Right. Okay. So that's what that reminds me of resisting the devil, like turning away from whatever that sin is or whatever that temptation is. Um, and then thirdly, Jesus responds, and this is my favorite one. He says, worship the Lord, your God and serve him only Mm -hmm. worship is a response, right? Like instead of like focusing on the thing I don't want to do. And Paul talked about this instead of focusing on the sin or the thing I don't want to do, I turn my gaze onto Jesus and I, right. I fix my eyes on him and I worship him. And I, and I get into that place of looking and beholding Jesus. Yeah. So, so yeah. Any thoughts on that? A response, Jesus's response to, to temptation. Yeah. I, I just looked up Galatians 5, 16 through 17. And I think that this is something that's worth taking a look at when we're talking about this. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires. What is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. 
They are in conflict with each other so that you will not do whatever you want. So, (laughs) I mean, I feel like when we're in these certain situations with friends, with family, with husbands, with whoever, and, you know, we can feel our flesh kind of stirring up. I feel like in this moment earlier this week, I could feel my flesh kind of stirring up, but that's when you, just like you said, you get the word of God out, you seek out the word. And I'm also thinking when you were talking, when you were saying, you know, to just fix your gaze on Jesus and just to worship God. And I just think of that verse that says, um, you know, God gives us a spirit of joy for a spirit of heaviness. And so there's like this exchange or this transaction that we can do with him. And, um, I mean, I've already shared, I feel like a few of these stories already, but just simple whenever I feel my flesh just being overwhelmed and normally, you know, like, you know, if your emotions are out of control, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, that's like a red flag, like, Hey, my soul is getting out, like out of line here, um, to just put on praise, to put on the garment of praise and just worship God, whether you're doing the dishes, whether you're, um, picking up, you know, your kids toys, whatever it is, whether, you know, you're cleaning, I don't know. Those are just some areas in my life that, you know, I just, I choose that I choose to put on the garment of praise, um, and that heaviness lifts, that burden does lift. Mm, that's so good. I just felt the anointing on that. Like, that's so good, Jenna. Yeah. So encouraging. And, and it makes me think too of the significance as well of, of gratitude, right? We enter into his gates through thanksgiving and praise, yeah. right? Whatever it is that you're doing, praising and giving thanks. Maybe even like, I've been really thinking about gratitude this week and just thinking of all the things that I have to be thankful for. And it causes me joy. Like every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the father who does not change like shifting shadows. Like I've been soaking in that, like so many things to be grateful for. And so I love that. That's, that's such a great example. And it, it this actually um, makes me think of the next thing that we could look at this conversation. Um, something you said reminded me of how Jesus, uh, how he didn't react or didn't respond when he was accused. And that was something we, you know, you, you had mentioned. And so let's move into that. And, um, I don't know if you want to share on that one, but let's look at what was Jesus's response to accusation. You know, yeah. when someone comes at you and accuses you of something, you know, you've not like, you know, you didn't do it. You know, yeah. that, like maybe something that they're saying, it's not true. The words have been twisted, right? What did Jesus do? <laughs> right. In Mark 15, um, it says, then the ruling priests over and over made bitter accusations against him, but he remained silent. So Pilate questioned him again. Have you nothing to say? Don't you hear these many allegations they're making against you? But Jesus offered no defense to any of the charges, much to the astonishment of Pilate. And a little bit later in 10, it says Pilate was fully aware that the religious leaders had handed Jesus over to him because of spite and envy. And so here 
you know, out of, uh, after just reading out of Galatians five and just learning, you know, and knowing that the flesh is contrary to the spirit, it's like here, here's one person, you know, responding out of the flesh, their emotions are high, they're accusing, they're lying, you know, they're saying all these things that they know that aren't even true. And how does Jesus overcome that? The spirit is quiet. Like, like to me, like Jesus was representing this Holy spirit, like, and he knew just to be quiet because you can't fight flesh with flesh, you know? Oh, that was so good. That mic drop, mic drop. You can't fight flesh with flesh. Jesus chose not to engage Mm. in a power struggle. Right. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and who, who's our banner who fights our battles for us? It's Jehovah Nisi. And, you know, I think that it's so incredible and it's so amazing and there's nothing like it to just live in this place where you can be hidden in God, where you can just be hidden under his wings and you fight your battles in the secret places. And then to watch things manifest that, you know, is there's no other, there's no other way. There's no other explanation than just Jesus. There's no other way. I'm like. I'm getting wrecked over this. It's so good. It's so good. Jesus, you're so good. Because you you know what happens? And I think this goes on to our next thing. Like I was, um, because you know what happens when, okay. So when that scenario plays out, what is our response then When, when, so say, you know, maybe something's coming up like listeners, like as you're listening, maybe there's a situation that's coming up to you. And so just think about that. Think about being hidden under the wings of God almighty, you know, being in a place of prayer, not, um, just being hidden where it's, it's something so personal between you and God, and you just putting all of your faith, all of your trust that God, you're the only one that's going to pull me through this. You're the only one that's going to change this. And then when he does, what is our response? You can't help, but just praise and worship God. And I think of the story of Miriam, I think of, I think it's in Psalms where they say they worship him with praise and dancing. And it's just like this uncontrollable Mm -hmm. response to Jesus, this reaction to Jesus, like, God, you are God almighty. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the King of Kings. You are the one who does it all. And so it teaches us really um, so many things in here about being silent and being quiet. I went through many years in the beginning of our marriage where I did not know that. And I did not do that. And I wrecked up our home. I mean, we both did, you know, because I was such a responder and reaction and especially because I felt like I was so right. And so I would never keep my mouth shut. And it just, there was turmoil. And then I went through this season of the Lord saying, Jen, I just want you to be quiet. And I remember just keeping my mouth shut and it was so hard. I mean, like sometimes I would run to the bathroom and I would close the door and I would just fall on the floor and I would just cry. And I'd be like, but Lord, (laughs) you know, and I would just pour my heart out to him. And it was like in those years, I mean, it was years of me just having to be quiet and not argue and not fight and not defend myself and all of those things. And that's when I feel like, um, I mean, we had major breakthrough, you know, in our marriage. And now today I feel, I say, we don't really fight unless there's like spiritual warfare going on. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of times when you go after things in the kingdom and you say, I'm going to live, 
um, for the kingdom. I mean, those things can happen, but very, very rare. I feel like we've really learned how to battle. Yeah. Yeah. You learn together how to worship and move into Thanksgiving and move into recognizing, discerning what's taking place. And so it's like iron sharpens irons, iron sharpens iron, even in marriage and in friendships. And so there is another aspect to this conversation and I have to give credit, you know, where credit's due. Like this wasn't this, this wasn't a revelation that I had, but I've been studying it and I'm so grateful, um, to have an understanding that even when Jesus was betrayed, even by the betrayer, he still called him friend. Mm. Like, let's talk about that for a second. So, um, this was, I, I heard such an incredible message just last weekend, um, was in, had the opportunity to go to just for a couple of days to Dallas, um, where there was the Nasherite conference. Now the Nasherite conference was put on by Dana, Corey and Dana Russell. Um, and, uh, we're actually going to have Corey's on our next, uh, podcast. So we'll talk more about what a Nasherite is. Yeah, we're super stoked. So that's our, um, you guys will definitely want to tune in next, uh, next podcast, but, uh, Billy Humphrey gave a message about friendship, being a friend to Jesus. And it, I mean, it was such an incredible message, but one of the things that he brought up was even after it was identified. So at the, at the last supper, right. So this must've been what Thursday night, Jesus is having a, you know, a meal with his disciples and it comes up that there's going to be one of them that's going to betray him. And, you know, he dips the bread. He said, it is the person I dip the bread and give this to. And, you know, he dips the bread, he gives it to Judas. And it was at that moment that Satan entered into Judas. Now, what is really, um, really blowing my mind and something that, that, uh, Billy Humphrey had talked about is that in the garden of Gethsemane prior to, or right at the moment when Jesus was being arrested, right? It was Judas who came over, you know, said rabbi called him teacher and then kissed him. And that was the identifier to the soldiers that, Hey, this is Jesus. And then they arrested him. Right. But even in that moment, Jesus said to Judas, friend, do what you're here to do. Luke 22, 48, Jesus called Judas friend, even in betrayal. And so you think about, you know, friendships. Now this is, this is with fellow believers, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ, Mm -hmm. when there's a betrayal, how are we handling that? You know, are, are we um, like there's, there's so much great scripture. And we've talked about this in a previous episode about how you handle conflict, right. And the scriptures say with a brother of Christ, you go to them first, right. And you, and you talk to them, you don't go talk to Sally, May and Sue. Yeah. <laughs> you go first to that person. And that is the mature right response. And then there's like all this instruction, right. But even in betrayal, when there's a brother or sister in Christ, we forgive. Like Jesus says, forgive, forgive. And, and how many times 
what is it? 70 times <laughs> you Seven. forgive, you forgive, you forgive. But then also like, gosh, G- Judas was at the table and, and Peter, even Peter denied Jesus three times. Yeah. Three times. And then Jesus gave him an opportunity. I love this part where like Jesus gave him the opportunity. He said, you know, Peter, how much do you love me? And he's like, Oh, you know, you know, or what does he say? Um, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, you know, yes, I love you. Yeah. Jesus asks him again, you right. know, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. And, and a third time too. So there was like this redemption moment. And so whether it be betrayal or, um, oh my goodness, Peter, like Peter in, in that, in his human weakness denied Jesus, like, oh my goodness what examples for, for us? I mean, it just makes me think of my relationship with Jesus and it makes me think of my relationship with others. And, um, yeah, you know, what else is sticking out to me? And I love the scripture, the scripture in one Corinthians 13, it's actually 13, 13. And this is the passion translation. And it says until then there are three things that remain faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. But then there's this last part. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So, you know, we run our race, you know, we, we run our race, you know, which is our life, which is our call. And the prize for the race is, is love to be able to just remain in this place of love. And what if, what a beautiful example given to us by Jesus, who was, beaten, crucified, slandered. I mean, just all the things betrayed. I mean, just every single thing that we would ever experience in such a small fraction, or, you know, like we can find comfort that Jesus remained in a place of love. Like he was perfect. And I feel like that's part of the bride, the the cleaning up of the bride of us to be able to be mature enough to love people and to look at people as Jesus sees them, because, you know, no one knows that they're deceived because they're deceived. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so if we can look at people with the eyes of Jesus and compassion and, you know, I mean, yeah, that's wow. so good. And respond in love with love. And because it Jesus, I mean, God is love. And mm-hmm. and we are being fashioned into being friends of the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a there's a there's there's a spiritual family, there's a kingdom, like we're we're moving into the kingdom of God. It's like this life is but a breath, and so we're being really truly fashioned were the first fruits scriptures say we're the first fruits mm-hmm. G- well Jesus mm-hmm. and then we're being fashioned into his likeness and so right may we learn to love and oh, respond heirs joint heirs and just yeah. that thought of in heaven there's perfect love right perfect love mm-hmm. casts all out all fear and we're supposed to be bringing that down to heaven yeah. you know so how can we imitate Jesus how can we imitate that type of response to the people around us. Yeah. And that ultimately then the spirit works through that. Like it's not my job to cause somebody else to (laughs) grow in their faith or, you know, I mean, I can, I can teach, I can encourage. Right. 
But like when I respond in love, love makes such a way for that person even to grow in their, in, in, in their maturity or in their faith. Right. Instead of like responding in flesh and, um, this back and forth power struggle of flesh and flesh. Like, I love what you said about what, what was that flesh, uh, what what would be flesh with flesh? Yeah. Yeah. Like love. And it makes me think love covers a multitude of sins. That's just it. The greatest of these is love. And John 13, 35 says, for when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. And so really loving people is a mandate that we have. I mean, it's, it's not, a, it's not like a maybe or like a question, um, but that's how the world will know that we really follow Jesus is that because we are able to, we don't act like the world acts, you know, we walk by the spirit. Hmm. Amen. Well, I believe that's a wrap and I'm encouraged listeners. (laughs) It's good. And listeners, we hope, of course you're encouraged. We speak blessing over you. And share a really funny story. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Sometimes you got to speak to your flesh. So (laughs) listen to this. My husband was reading this little, I don't know. It's just this tiny little book. And it was like these daily like affirmations and things to to, uh, speak over yourself. And the book was talking about how sometimes you have to tell your flesh to settle down. And you know, my husband, like he's like all in or all out. That's just like the way that he is. And he was going through this time where he was just really struggling, like controlling what he was eating. Like he was just like having popcorn at night and then it'd be ice cream. And he just was like, you know, um, whatever. And so I hear him in his office and he's praying and he's commanding his flesh. I walk by and he's like, flesh, settle down. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, it's telling me I got to tell my flesh to settle down. And so it's kind of a funny story, but, um, I really do believe in the power of, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where your flesh is out of control, we do have the authority over that, you know, and we can command our flesh to, to walk in agreement with our spirit. And so this yes. end with that. So good. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and right. It's, it's, um, the word of God is alive and it is active. So let's use it. It's our sword. The scriptures say the word is our sword. And then this is it.